Hi everyone, I'm Sean, and this is episode six of the Love to Own Your Business podcast. Here we learn how to grow businesses we love to own. Each month, we share great advice on how to do that, and also on how to avoid the pitfalls that make us love our business not so much. Well, it seems the great balancing act of 2020 is back, stretching our patience and focus as much as our internet bandwidth. Our children are either full-time or hybrid remote learning. We as parents and business owners navigate a second round of kid versus client, both with challenges to solve at exactly the same time. So what can we do better this time around to give our kids what they need to be successful as students while we still attend to what needs to be done at work so we can be successful as parent proprietors? Our guest today can help. With us this month is Mary Frances Bayer, an incredible play therapist who has spent the past 20 years collaborating with kids, their parents, and their teachers to navigate the misunderstandings of maturing and ultimately improve the quality of life for our next generations. Hi, Mary Fran. Welcome. Hi, Sean. Good morning. Good morning. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about Beyond Boundaries and why you started it. All right. Um, my business partner, Amy, and I started Beyond Boundaries 11 years ago. Um, we were both pediatrics therapists. I'm a social worker. Amy's an occupational therapist. And at that time, we had another partner, Pat. She's also an OT. Um, I was a mom of two little boys at the time. They're both teenagers now. And um, I loved the work that I was doing, which, which was working in early childhood as a social worker with young parents. But I also grew up in a home where my, I watched my dad start his own business um, when I was about 18. And I saw how much that he loved it. And the opportunity came for Amy and I and Pat to form the business and um, start the business. We have a contract with the Erie County Department of Health, mm-hmm. and we provide services to children with special needs, birth to three. The business afforded me the opportunity to work with families, but to also have control over my schedule mm-hmm. um, so I can both do what I love and parent two young boys. Excellent. Thank you very much. Sure. So, as you know, we're here to help our listeners grow their businesses gracefully. But the home office has become really crowded this year. Is this an opportunity to give additional tools to our children to increase their independence and self-confidence and reduce the pressure that we feel as business owners when we have to choose client over child? Um, If so, how do we do this appropriately? So, I love this question because I feel like it fits with a lot of different parts of you know, parenting and running a business. So right now I interact with, of course, Amy and I, we own our business. We're both parents. We have a team of therapists who a lot of them are working moms. Right now we're doing telehealth. So they're doing their sessions from home Mm. with young children birth to five. And then also I have the opportunity to work with parents providing the telehealth. So parents of young children. You know, when Amy and I were starting Beyond Boundaries, we both were obviously out in the field working with families and children in homes and daycares, just like we're providing services like we still do. Um, But we had to do a lot of the work to we ran the business out of her home for eight years. Mm. And I was also doing a lot of work from my house, too. And with young kids, it wasn't it wasn't during a pandemic. Obviously, it's hard. Um, They need a lot of uh, adult proximity to attend. So I feel like when I'm working with, you know, zooming with these with parents who have, the, you know, the young ones that I'm working with, and then they have school age children, it's tough because they're, these moms are trying to work and help 
their children with their schoolwork. And for the, for young parents, I feel like what's worked for them is flexibility with their schedule. So having time to have helped your children with their schoolwork and then having another time to get your work done. But for young kids, I just feel like I'm glad to see that some of them are going to, the state's looking at sending them back to school because it's tough. For the older ones who have the capacity, you know, um, to attend and be more independent, it, I think it is a great opportunity. Um, I know in my own household, we've seen a lot of growth and in independence because, you know, our 16-year-old this summer, I, I was telling you this before, he, he had got a job. And I think for a lot of kids now, if it's safe, they are able to do different things, you know, outside of the home, like work, because they don't have so many activities. We've looked at like doing volunteer work. So on Wednesdays, there's a lot of schools have a like independent study day. So instead of being home during the day, we've been able to flex our schedules a little bit and go out and do something together. So I think as a therapist and as a parent, what I'm trying to look at is how can we help our child as a whole? It goes so much further than beyond learning. I talk about other therapists all the time that we often try to bubble wrap our kids, <laughs> but right. <laughs> um, but a lot of times strength comes from hardship. So I, I'm hoping that our kids can look back on this time and say, you know, this was really hard, but you know, we got through it. And I learned more about myself and what helps me to get through hard times. So, and by doing different things to like looking at the person as a whole. So like I said, volunteering, working, maybe saying, you know what, being outside is something that's really good for me. So I got outside every day and did something that made me feel better. So really trying to maybe model for our kids, what we can do to find balance during these times mm -hmm. and maybe to come alongside with them to help them maybe discover something about themselves that helps them, you know, find balance and get through hardship. Yeah. I, I agree. It's like um, giving them that ability to sort of find their own space and their own yeah. ways to grow into their independence. So I, 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 with my daughter, my, my older daughter, um, I was very surprised. We always wore this between this thing between, oh, they're on screens all the time. Yeah. And, you know, how I, I kind of let them go to the wolves like during the day because I've got Zoom after Zoom where I'm out and I'm back and make us in and back and things like that. So, but she goes off and she finds some YouTube influencer, right? And, and, all of a sudden she's coming down with a planner and two weeks later she's still doing the you know she gets up and does the dishes she does she's cleaning the cat box she's got like 15 tasks done that she's checking off on her planner all on her own all by finding this on her own so i was thinking wow you know if i i'm, I'm you know bubble wrapping her right but right. if i take the bubble wrap off she's off doing things off all by herself right and, and growing on her own i was very 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 pleased and, and that i was just so heartened by a that she got so organized and, and, right. and things like that but also that she's going out and finding out really good sources of information and inspiration so that I was actually like, quite surprising i think that i mean it's so important that we're productive instead of consuming all the time so i feel like with when you're on screens all the time with kids there is a reason to be like i agree with you you don't want them to do that all the time but it's impossible because like you said at the beginning of all this we were on our computers and zooming, but I feel like you know, I don't, maybe there was some, like you said, growth through that. And your daughter found productivity. You know, she found ways to be productive with things that motivate her. 
And it like you, it's it's great. So hopefully she could tap into that as life goes on and say this really makes me happier, makes me feel better. Yeah, I could I could never teach that as like a business owner trying to teach her kid to be like an entrepreneur. No, like, use your planner, be organized, and she goes right. off and does it on her own. If it came for me, you'd be like, eh, whatever. Right, exactly. But it also takes modeling too. I feel like our kids watch us. Yeah. I mean, for maybe we don't realize it, but and I'm not saying I'm you know perfect by any means, but they see how you interact with people. Yeah. They see how you work. I mean, you were in the middle of our houses working. They see how you look to others for strength. So, you know, maybe they are watching you, even though they're not listening to us. That's true. That's <laughs> that is always true. It's right. amazing what they hear, even yeah. when they're not even in earshot. Right. 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 <laughs> So kids are smart and they know that this is really not the best situation for learning. Um, I found that during the last round, my kids were less stressed or saddened by the remote status than they were bored with the education itself over the medium. How can we better keep our kids motivated this time around? What I always look at is like what motivates your child in general. And, you know, again, and I also, through the years at Beyond Boundaries, we work a lot with teachers, um, because we're in preschools, we work a lot with school districts. So I often try to look at, first of all, what motivates my child or any child that I'm working with? And how can I build on that? So one thing I feel like what motivates a lot of us is um, our relationships. Mm. Um, I know that's important for me. I know it's important with the kids that I work with. That's why it's so hard to be remote all the time, because we can't be close with them. Um, but I try to, and I think it's important, again, we have to watch our own attitudes and what we say, how can we help our kids join with their teachers? Hmm. So, you know, Charlie was home, um, he was home and the teachers were teaching online. So some kids were in school, so he was zooming into the class. And I heard how I'm listening to this teacher, how, how hard they're working, how animated they are. And when he got off, I was like, you better work hard for that guy because do you hear how hard, how much how he's trying and how much he cares about you. So, and even though the teacher might not be saying that to the kids, just helping the kids on like bridge that relationship between themselves and the teacher. So maybe even if, even if you can't hear what's going on in school, um, finding out what the kids are doing in class, maybe emailing the teacher, just finding out just ways that they could connect with the kids. So I feel like if relationships are important, how can you how can you join your child with the teacher? We've had some time to digest all of this. And another thing, if we want to keep our kids motivated, we have to see what kind of, like I said, what motivates them. So I try to look at for the little ones, what kind of learners they are. And a lot of times when I'm working, when I'm working with young children, we say it's hard for boys to be in school. There's a lot of sitting um, there's, and they, they're often, we often hear like, oh, they, they can't pay attention, you know, they're fidgeting all the time. So when we're home, what I try to suggest for young children is maybe try to build in those motor breaks or have the child stand while they're learning. We can't do that. We're, we're at school all the time, but we can do that when we're at home. So really just trying to see what regulates the child so we can keep them successful when they're learning. I agree. It's uh, I try to make sure that I'm giving them a little bit of, I don't know, just 
encouragement, you know, just, just look, we have to bear with this. It's not, it's not ideal for anybody. Right. And just a little pep talk at, you know, the end of every day, just to make sure that, and check in with them as they're going along, you know, give them a little smile, a little piece of candy on the side. Exactly. Right. And just think acknowledging that it's hard. It's hard for you. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, the, you know, the expectations are different now. Um, I, I don't think we can expect, we can't expect the same, um, the volume of work to be the same as when we were in person. It's just different. Yeah. I'm hoping that this sort of what they gain in their independence, going back to the other question, sort of yeah. makes up for maybe what they lost in the social interaction or um, maybe they're, they're learning additional skills that they wouldn't necessarily learn in the classroom setting because it's more of a, a structured setting, so to speak, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. Um, all right. So you've grown a very successful business giving parents and children advice on growing up. What was a great piece of advice that you'd received as you were growing your business or while along your journey? So eight years into our business, um, we finally started looking at our numbers. We joined CEO, which is how I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amy, Pat, and I were our helpers. We're you know, OTs and social workers. And we were really, it's, it's hard when you're in that field because it's, it's hard to talk about. It was hard for us to talk about finances. Mm. We almost felt like it was number one taboo because really our goal was to help children and families. Um, and also we didn't know anything about it. Like we weren't, we, we knew we were conservative with our finances. We ran our business out of Amy's house for years. We did a lot of the clerical work on our own. Um, but we didn't know anything about none of us had like a financial, a finance background. So the one piece of advice was um, to really learn how to understand your numbers and to talk about your numbers because they help really, they guide your business. So that's what really helped us. It was hard for us to learn. Um, We had, we joined CEO, which is a structured program and we learned, you know, how to understand a profit and loss statement, um, and just to read our financial reports and when to read our financial reports. We, we really only looked at our finances. We looked at the monthly and how much money we had in the bank, but we really only looked at them at the end of the year at tax time. So now we meet with a business coach. We have a nice spreadsheet to help us understand our expenses and, you know, our, um, our revenue. And it helps our finances help us make decisions about which part of our business that we want to grow. Hmm. So I really feel like, even though it's it, it's hard and it was it was a big shift for us, understanding our finances was super helpful. You you said something at the beginning that resonates a lot um, in the sense that you talking about finances is taboo. And very yeah. And I I come from a similar world, right? Right. Which, you know the human services, the right. the mission based business, right? Right. And that you you often have these really really engaged. Uh, mission-focused individuals in the business that that it's that that balance between profit and mm-hmm. and services and we really want to do great work but that that famous I don't know, cliche is not the word but you know no money no mission right and right. how do we really relate that towards the staff that we have that there's a balancing act between what we have to do as a business to survive so we can help more people as right. well as make sure yes. that we're not squeezing our individuals out because of the the pricing that we have to we have to right. we have to command right mm-hmm. so that's that's a really good point and helping to understand your numbers really well will sort right. of help you explain those explain those I guess 
um, challenges to the, right. to the people in the company, as right. well as for you to understand where I can borrow and where I can move this around. And if I'm going to cost savings, where, where am I losing money or where can I do better or be more efficient? So that's, that's a really good, that's a really good thing that, um, I think people, especially in, in mission-based businesses should, should really consider. So thank you for that. Sure. What piece of advice do you wish you'd received over the course of your business career that would have helped avoid a misstep or an unintended detour? So I thought about this, you know, if we, like I said, we ran the business, we've been open 11 years. Um, and at the beginning, I'm like a lot of businesses, we of course performed our therapy and then we ran the business. And when running the business, we all did everything. Mm. So, you know, say that, and you can understand this, we had to enter some data into our billing system. We'd split it up three ways. Um, so anytime, like any, any kind of project would come our way or task, we rarely had one person take care of it. We would all divide it up. So what happened was we were lacking ownership of anything. And um, I know for me, I was involved, I was involved in tasks that really weren't playing on my strengths. So I'm more of like a mm. people person. I love being with the employees. Um, I like the big picture. And I was doing a lot of detail work that really didn't fit my personality or my interests. And at the beginning, I think you all have to do everything, but I, I wish I would have learned more early on, you know, to play to my strengths. And it really took you know, going through CEL and kind of stepping outside of the business and looking in to see that and having other people that were outside of the business tell me that. Playing to your strengths. That's, yeah. that's really good because right. also going sort of back to, you know, mission-focused individuals that are really great. You, you have people who are really great counselors, not necessarily really great administrators. So right. we're really trying to do a lot with, especially people in human services field, or, or right. that are that are you know we have to do all this paperwork. We have to make sure everything is timely and all all these different things. So we're really right. we're really asking a lot of people to be really great at the skill, which is to be talking those types of personalities right. uh, and then having them do other tasks in the business, the, the side work, so to speak, if we're like in a restaurant, but the side right. work that's necessary for, for doing the business. Right. How can we as business owners come up with systems that really play to those individual strengths, but covering them by giving them a support structure to get all of the paperwork, get all right. of the things that they need to be done in the back end of the business done. So that's right. a, that's a really good thing. Um, especially as business owners, how do we surround ourselves? Because if we're going to be the people that are developing the business or right. growing, the, growing, growing our customer base or whatever the case might be, those are our strengths. Let's make sure we surround ourselves with individuals who play to our strengths, and then, then they can do what is playing to their strengths, right? Right. It's and, and and maybe there's difficult conversations along the way, or you know, there's being vulnerable and being like just admitting, like I'm not good at this, yeah. and, and and I think that. That's okay to do, but oh, absolutely, yeah, and and it's okay to admit it too, right? I think right. we should definitely admit that. Hey, this is not what my strength is, and no, with people that it is. Yeah, we just we just got a grant through the uh, the Department of Health for the lead program. We're working with children with elevated blood blood levels. Brand mm. new for us, first time in eleven years, and we're doing like a little promotional video. So I know Amy is really skilled at writing and speaking. So she's going to do the video. This is just an example, but I, I thought about this and I love meeting new people and reaching out. Mm. So, you know, I'm helping with meeting with Head Start and meeting with the doctor's offices. Mm. 
but instead of us splitting everything up, I, I, I could say like, this is what you're good at. This is what I'm good at. It makes both of us happy mm. and it works. Yep. So uh, what, what's next for uh, Beyond Boundaries? What's coming up? Well, we're so like this year, even though it's funny, we have to laugh that we're look, we look back at things and it's been challenging and it's changed the way that we're working, but we have been able to do some new things that we've always wanted to do. We're, we're officially a women-owned business. We've tried to do mm. that for years, so we got certified. But we did, um, in March, we were awarded a grant to work with children with elevated blood lead levels. So we've always wanted to bring some variety in for our therapists. They want some variety in their schedules, like Amy and I. We don't, even though we're therapists, we run the business. I know that is really good for me. So we have four providers who are going to work with families. Mm. Right now, telehealth, but eventually... Um, in homes or in community settings to monitor children's development. So that's brought us a lot of, that's been a bright spot for all of this, something new um, that we're working on developing. So we're excited about that. Yeah. I love the idea of the telehealth. So I know there's people who, who are not big fans of the Zoom. I, I love this, right? Because right. it's it's convenient, right? Right. So how are you finding that there's an embracing of the telehealth in your world? There's a lot of things that it can bring that's good. We can work with families that maybe we couldn't service before because they live mm. in Springville, Holland, and we don't have a therapist in that territory. So that is definitely a positive. We can reach out to more families, number one. Number two is a lot more parent engagement and training. You know, a lot of the kids that we work with, you know, they would be in a daycare and we might see the family once in a while or talk to them and meet with the teacher. But now a lot of the times we're Zooming with families at home. So that's been a plus. Um, yeah, and, and it is convenient too. And we're just lucky that we can keep working. So it's, it'll definitely change the way that we work as providers moving forward. There's no doubt about it. I feel it's like when, when teachers were introduced to like smart boards in the classroom, oh, yeah. they could combine like multimedia right. with their stuff. And now you got screens and share screens and you could do things that you could never do in a, in a, in a, in an office setting because you're confined to the one space. Now right. you have the whole world at your fingertips it's, while yeah. you're doing this, right? Yeah. It's wild. I mean, right. so there's definitely, it, it just happened so quickly and you know, that we, we would meet as a team on zoom with therapists and work on different interventions. So I, I like. I feel like our therapists miss being with the children. Um, mm. We just went moved back to full telehealth about two weeks ago, so it'll be nice. It, we can get through this, but I think we're it, they're looking forward to having the chance to at least see them half the time. Yeah, so, that's, that's true. I, I mean, there is a, a a human connection that needs to really occur. I, I, I yeah. you gotta be mindful of that. I, I agree. I, I mean, they so sit on our lap. Like we we, it, it, they're little, so you know we yeah, miss true. we we miss those hugs. Yeah, that's true. You um, so to close this out, yeah. what is something that you would recommend to parent proprietors in setting up safe, independent building remote learning environments that will allow us to coexist in our crowded home office, right? So I thought about this and there's, you know, there's so much out there with best practice. And, you know, obviously, again, you have to understand your child, you know, if what they need to learn. So like we were talking about, like, um, you know, they have to stand or take motor breaks or if they're distracted visually, auditorily. But what I go back to was what I always go back to. It's, it's almost just like a preschool classroom. So I think what's most important mm. is structure and routine. So when we work with little ones, it's structure and routine. And I've had the opportunity to go into Montessori's. And one lesson there is um, 
first you get your work done and then you play. And I mm. just love that because I feel like in our own homes, and again, I have teenagers, what's been most important is getting our work done and then having a, having structure throughout the day. So you're going to get your work done then you're going to go outside for a little bit, or we're going to get our work done. Then we're going to go on a walk. Um, and that like, or on Wednesdays, we're going to go out and do this together as a family. We're going to have dinner. So I feel like our kids need to know what to expect within our home mm. in order to, you know, get through the day with their schoolwork. So we all need to know what to expect. That really helps with worry. Um, so if they know what to expect for the the best we can do, I think that's, that's the best advice I can give. There's expectations are managed right off the bat, right? I think, right. I think so. Some, we sort of have like a schedule in the morning. Um, the kids sort of have their time and then we know that we break for lunch and we have this like family time together. So that's right. for us, that's that, right. that, that, that little bit of structure right there. Uh, and then they go bit thrown back to the wolves again. <laughs> like, right, but I think that that's important. I mean, I think when kids get older, that's what they need. They need to be with you, you know, separate from you, then come back, separate and then come back. I, I, I think that that brings, you know, a lot of balance. Thank you very much. This has been fantastic. But before we close out, um, if you want to learn more about Beyond Boundaries Therapy for Kids, you can yep. find them at www.beyondboundariestherapy.org. New website is being unveiled at the end of the month. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about what we do at SLC Advisory Group, come visit us at slcadvisorygroup.com. And of course, if you want to make sure you don't miss any of our content, Hit the subscribe button when you do, and we'll let you know when our next episode comes out. And we'll see you again next month. And thank you again, Mary Friend. Thanks, Sean.